So our scripture today is from the book of John, and I'm going to be in the 14th chapter. I'm going to read uh, verses 25 to 28, and these are the words of Jesus. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You've heard me say I'm going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we, uh, I haven't seen you in a year. I don't know, that never gets old to me. It, you know how you greet coworkers when you're leaving for the holiday. You go, see you next year. <laughs> and it's, it is true. Uh, Nancy and I, on Christmas Day, we were here for worship, uh, the 11 o'clock service that we had. Um, and then Nancy and I went to uh, the Lake of the Ozarks to an Airbnb just to spend some time, just the two of us. And uh, after we were done there, we came back. Um, and uh, then we celebrated Christmas with our children and grandchildren. And uh, because, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I work. And uh, so we let them spend time with their in-laws. We always do Christmas at a different time. We did it on December 30th and into the 31st. And uh, then on, on January 1, we were in worship, but we were online, like many of you who are watching today. We were, we were online in our worship, uh, all of us, uh, um, Nancy and I, and the children and their spouses, and the grandchildren, and, and foster grandchildren, and, and uh, there was a bunch of us. And it would be fair to say that um, peace would not describe the house. It was chaotic. It was crazy, and, and I think I had to go back and listen to the sermon a second time while I was alone, because uh, uh, Greg did a wonderful job, but I just, it was busy in there, and uh, we had a wonderful time, but um, so New Year's, uh, we're into the new year, and I know we're a week into it, because January 1 was a Sunday, we're a week into it, but um, New Year is always that time when we set those, the idea around, what am I going to do different? What's my goal for the year? Where am I going this year? And, and I know we call them resolutions, but sometimes it's not so much a resolution. It's just, I want to be different. I want to do things in a different way. And sometimes birthdays do that for us. We decide, you know, it's time for a reset. Or maybe it's just the first day of the month and we say, you know, I'm going to just try to be different for 30 days. I'm not going to try a whole year. Just 30 days I'll try to put in. And those markers, those, those time stamps help us to think through, how can I change, be different? One of the challenges I always offer at the beginning of the year is to ask yourself to reflect back, first of all, are you closer to Christ than you were a year ago? 365 days ago. Are you closer to Christ today than you were a year ago? How do you answer that question? And, and it's up to each one of us individually to answer that, because I can't measure how close you are to Christ, but we can kind of see that in each other. But then to, to look into the next year, this coming year, 
If you say that, that 365 days from now, I want to be closer to Christ than I am today, what needs to happen each day going forward for you to be able to say, I'm closer to Christ? Now, I believe that closer to Christ means that God is drawing you into becoming the image of Christ in the world. So you're becoming like Christ. To be closer to Christ is to be like Christ. If you say you're closer to Christ and you're not Christ-like at all, you might be doing it wrong. Okay? Closer to Christ is to be like Christ. Well, if we're going to be like Christ, we ought to look at an image of people that have been like Christ in history. And we call those saints. And, and, you know, the Roman Catholic Church gave us this great gift of saints, people that they were willing to say, you know what, their life, by their teaching and example, not one or the other, their teaching and example, showed us what it looks like to live a life of faith, to live a life that becomes like Christ in the world. And, and so what we're going to do over the next uh, uh, several weeks is we're going to look at, at some of those saints and, and to ask ourselves, you know, when the, saints, when the saints pray, what do they pray about? What are the prayers of the saints? We're going to take several of the prayers of the saints and look at them. Actually, we're going to, we're going to do several weeks on the official saints ones that have gone through the process that the Roman Catholic Church put together, and, and they call them saints, and I think it's good to call them saints as well. But there's two other prayers we're going to look at that are written by people that aren't of the Catholic faith. Um, well, it'd be fair to say that, that a lot of those saints were around before there was a Protestant church anyway. So um, we're going to look at some of the Protestant, a couple of Protestant prayers um, that are prayed by people that I think, by their teaching and example, could be called saints of the Protestant church as well. So we're going to do that over the next several weeks, talk about those saints. Actually, one of those saints, um, uh, St. Francis, uh, we're going to talk about two of his prayers, one that's more well-known we'll talk about today, and then another in a few weeks uh, that's not quite as well-known, but still a wonderful way for us to think about, if, if I'm going to be more like Christ in 365 days, here's an image to reflect on in my life. Here's, a, here's a, an example for me to possibly follow so I know what it is like to be uh, like Christ. St. Francis, um, Francis of Assisi, he was, he's often called. St. Francis lived around 1000 AD. He was from a very wealthy family. He was a soldier of renown. And as his biographer put it, his early years were given to frolicking. I'll let you figure out what that means. But you could probably guess. Oftentimes, um, when somebody has a, an event in their life and that the event causes them to consider who is God in the midst of this event, they'll go to a time of prayer. And St. Francis found himself deathly ill before he was a saint. And um, a serious illness that caused him to spend a lot of time in prayer. And he heard this from Christ. Francis, if you wish to know my will, 
everything you have loved and desired in the flesh, it is now your duty to despise and hate. And when you have begun this, all that now seems sweet and lovely to you will become intolerable and bitter. But all that you used to avoid will turn itself to great sweetness and exceeding joy. Francis, as you may know, um, renounces his inheritance, all of his money. He begins uh, eventually a movement called the Franciscans. You may have heard that there are monks by that name, and they follow a certain order of life, a, a certain way of living your day, each day, uh, an order to it. And Francis designed this because, because he felt called by God to to become closer to Christ, which meant giving himself fully to God and God's will for his life. Eventually, um, he is uh, at one time praying at the cross of a church that is run down. And he hears Christ say this, Francis, go out and build up my house, for it is nearly falling down. And he took that not to mean this particular building, though maybe that's part of it, but that he was called by Christ to live his life in such a way that the body of Christ, the people of Christ, will, will be more and stronger. So part of what Francis did was he led a movement that was sort of a, a renewal in the church. St. Francis's most famous prayer may not have been written by him. There's some argument about that. Uh, some scholars uh, say that while it's credited to him, he probably didn't write it. However, they would agree that it does capture the essence of Francis, the, a sense of who he was and how he lived his life. And so the prayer of St. Francis that you have as an insert in your bulletin, if you're here with us today, it, it's available. You'll see the words on your screen uh, um, here in a moment if you're online. Uh, I want to invite you to take that out uh, if you would like, or you can read the words that will be on our screens here. Um, I want you to pray this together with me, if you will. Let's pray. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer, wonderfully written. I think the first line of the prayer tells the whole story, and the rest of it is a beautiful embellishment of what Francis was trying to get across. So what I want to do for a few moments is I want to pick apart that first line and take a look at what he's saying in that line and what that might mean for our own faith life. Lord, it begins. You know, sometimes when we go to a time of prayer, um, you may have learned to, to just talk to Jesus like you're talking to a friend. And, and that's not wrong. Jesus tells us that he is our friend. He calls us his friend. 
And yet, when we're speaking to the Lord, we have to recognize that we are speaking with the creator of the universe. That new James Webb telescope shows us a lot more about the universe than we ever knew. It is expansive. It is amazing. We are talking to the one who spoke and all of the universe began. We are talking to the one who, through his creative efforts, the earth became what we know today. We're talking to the one that, that said, let there be mountains and let there be water. We're talking to the one who made you, each one of you, individually. And the scripture tells us, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're not just talking to buddy Jesus. We're, we're talking to the creator of the universe. And when we say Lord, what we're saying is, not only are you the creator, but you're the one whose will I will follow. Lord means you're going to do what the one who's in charge, the Lord, wants you to do. Lord, it begins. Make me. Sounds like a child, doesn't it? Make me. It's a child's phrase. Actually, I've heard it from adults, too, before, which is kind of childish. But make me. It really isn't meant to be a challenge. It's a request. Make me. It's a heart's desire to become who God created you to be. In, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we read, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Make me. Recreate me. Make me to become what you, what you designed me to be. To live according to the purpose that you made me for to begin with. You're saying, Lord, recreate me. In the scripture I read, there's an alignment between Jesus' peace and the Holy Spirit. Let me read it again. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and, I will, re and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, we often kind of end it there and think, well, that's one thought, and let's go to the next thought. But think of these together. The Holy Spirit is coming. And then Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. There's this alignment between the Holy Spirit and peace. Now, as I understand the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is for each one of us, as we seek to become, as we seek to say, Lord, make me, recreate me, I open myself up to become what you want me to become. It's the work of God's Spirit within us that makes that happen. And if the Holy Spirit and peace are equated, it means that when I say, Lord, I open myself up to what you have for me, I'm saying, Lord, I open myself up to your peace, your shalom. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. I'm opening myself up to the wholeness that you intend for my life. Lord, make me. But it's not all about me. That next word is instrument. Lord, make me an instrument. Make me a tool, a method, a channel, a means by which you accomplish your will on earth. Lord, I open myself up to becoming who you need me to be 
so that your peace can come here on earth. Not so I can have peace within, though that's a part of it. Because as we listen to these saints pray, we find that almost all of the saints had a life before Jesus. A lot of them did. Not all, but a lot of them did. And that life before Jesus was frolicking. But at some point, they encountered Christ in prayer, a very internal thing that caused them to live their life externally for the sake of others. Lord, make me a channel by which, a a means by which, an instrument through which you do your will on earth. Peace is that final word. Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace by the prophet Isaiah. It is Christ who brings God's peace to the world. And when you align yourself with Christ, you become closer to Christ, and and you become like Christ. You become peace on earth. Peace. And we've talked about this before. I I think I mentioned it in a sermon last month, that that peace is a a word that from Hebrew it is shalom, and and it means so much more than a cessation of violence or a a lack of chaos in your life. It, It means a wholeness, a completeness, the sense that you are who God created you to be. And this peace is accessible. What would it look like if we lived that peace in our daily life? What would that look like for us? Romans 17, 21, uh, Romans, I'm sorry, 12, 17 to 21 gives us a hint at it. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, let's be clear about that. Not, well, they started it. As far as it depends on you, well, that political party did it before. No, as far as it depends on you, not what someone else did. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give them something to drink. Now, this next line is kind of interesting. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Well, that sounds like revenge to me. But what it's saying is that if you will live in a way of peace, if you will live in a way of kindness, if you will live in a way that feeds your hungry enemy, that brings water to your, hungry, to your thirsty enemy, if you'll live in that way, it's embarrassing to the enemy. And maybe they'll consider their way needs to change as well. That's the heaping burning coals part. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, it then says, but overcome evil with good. Maybe that's what it looks like to live it out. Or maybe it just looks like the embellishment in the prayer of St. Francis. In the midst of hatred, sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light where there is sadness, joy. It's on you to do that. And then there's this brilliant paradox 
that he writes, O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for, here's the paradox, it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. You've read the Lord's Prayer, right? It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. That's the divine paradox or mystery, that when we give, we receive. When we forgive, we are forgiven. That when we die from this temporary life, we go on to an eternity with God. This week, I encourage you, challenge you to live with this prayer, to pray, Lord, make me. Amen and amen.